0: and I'm Colleen and we combined have lived in Iraq for 11 years. We get a lot of questions about life in Iraq and we decided that the best way to address those questions is to do a little podcast. So we're gonna answer some questions that are really common. The ones we get asked
1: all the time.
0: Yeah because apparently it's a weird thing to live in Iraq. Who knew? Yeah strange. So today we're going to be talking about now rose, Yay! Um, and probably you're going, what the heck is now rose?" Because uh. unless you're either Kurdish or Iranian, you yeah. probably have no idea. It's not an American holiday. It is not. So this is the follow-up to our American holiday podcast. When we said we were going to talk about now Rose, this is that time. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Nowruz. Um, It it does kind of have its roots, its history in Iran, but the Kurds are kind of a mix of Iranian culture and their own Mm. culture. Yeah, Um, it's
1: the Medo-Persian thing.
0: Yeah, and so they've kind of taken this like spring fire festival and kind of made it their own thing. Um, Probably the roots are really in Zoroastrian... Zoroastrian...
1: Zoroastrian.
0: That one! (laughs) Zoroastrian... Uh, religion, um but it's just kind of like a spring festival or like a spring party it's, it's new year's it's a new year's celebration, and they they really go all out for it
1: all out,
0: yeah, um so the story that I heard about why the Kurds celebrate this is that there was this evil king who was taking all of their children and like brutally murdering them and maybe eating them maybe eating them maybe bathing in their blood it was very gruesome you know yeah probably to make him seem like a real bad guy um and there was this one blacksmith who had a beautiful daughter and the king stole the beautiful daughter and the blacksmith was like i'm not gonna stand for this anymore i'm gonna go get my daughter back and i'm gonna free the other children too and so the villagers were like well you do that and if you succeed, like, send us a signal so we know and we'll, like, kill all of his soldiers here so that it will be, like, a complete coup and, you know, we will have won. Woohoo! Um, but nobody really thought he was going to do it because right. blacksmith versus king.
1: Who do you think would win? And, like, he's super powerful and, like,
0: mean. Right. So in all good stories, though, mm-hmm. the blacksmith wins and his signal to the town people is that on the hill that the castle is on he builds this big fire Mm -hmm. and the townspeople see it and they know that he has has won he has killed the king and so they kill all the soldiers and the kids come back to the town and everyone is happy
1: and they light a fire on their hilltop too to let the next village over know, and it it just spreads. Kind of of like in Lord of the Rings yeah but in
0: Kurdistan Um, and so because of that they celebrate it every year that's that's the short story. The short story.
1: But fires definitely play a part in the celebration, as well as, like, traveling out onto the hillsides. and Oh, for sure. Um, it's very, very celebratory.
0: Probably the biggest part of it is that, like, everybody gets new clothes. Kind of like for Easter when we were kids. Yeah. But the clothes are real different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because they dress up in their traditional clothing. But in a really super dressy way that has kind of expanded along with modern technology to include a lot of glitter and sequins, for the women, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and these clothes are called Jilly Curdy. Yeah. And Which just means, like, fancy Kurdish, Kurdish clothes. Kurdish clothes. It just means Kurdish
0: just clothes. Just Kurdish clothes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, like, everybody has, like, the women especially have, like, the super, like, sparkly. But everybody gets like a new set of a Curtis new clothes. set of kurtas clothes every year. Yeah. And you have to like plan way in advance.
1: And you can't really like you can buy some like pre-made, but for the most part nobody buys the pre-made ones except for tourists. And so everyone goes out to the markets and all of the fabric sellers have just stacks and stacks and stacks of clothing and well, it, cloth. cloth. Um and so you go and you pick out, like, the under, the underdress part of it and the overdress part of it and then, like, the jacket or vest part of it, depending on which part of Kurdistan you're living in. Right. Um, and the under part is usually a pair of um, balloony, like, Aladdin like, pants. Like, like harem pants. Like so. harem pants. Um, and then there's, a, like, a basic sleeveless or sleeved tunic. That goes over it and it's kind of long. And this is made out of some sort of really shiny fabric, like a lame. Mm-hmm. Often. Oh, see, mine is just, like, plain cotton. Oh, really?
0: The tunic part is just plain cotton.
1: that's far more
0: breathable than because, what they wore in our area. Yeah, that's not, like, the fancy part. That's, like, the underclothes. The well,
1: and see, in into Hook, in Sule, you know, the second C. layer is often a netting or thin. And so the oh. under, so you, you have to spend a lot of time looking at, well, oh, I like this color for the under. What does it look like when I lay this other piece over it and how how does how do these colors interplay and so then the overdress is usually a long dress Mm -hmm. um not a lot of fitting to it um but it's either a netting or a kind of a thinner sheerer fabric with either elaborate beading on it in some sort of pattern or sequins or sometimes just like sparkly thread woven in mm-hmm. usually in bright
0: colors do they have the like elastic waist that like gathers it in not Almost usually like okay no. that's very
1: um body that's think. yeah more the da area that does no. that um but the the women Suli often will wear will like kind of cinch it up with a bright gold sure. belt mm-hmm. um the younger you are the more around your hips it gets Mm. um and then in the suli area you also wore a vest that was usually made out of some fabric that was entirely sequins nice um in the i know you guys have more of a cloak and it's usually like velvety like a long like overcoat almost
0: um So that the long sleeves of your dress kind of come out the end of it. Mm -hmm. And you fold them back over the sleeves of your outer jacket. And, like, mine is a really nice velvet material. Mm -hmm. Other people get something that's a little more sheer or something that's a little more shiny. I went for, like, mellow. Mellow.
1: Which is not Kurdish. (laughs) But they do, even the Suli ones, that overdress. It's not just a dress. You're right. It has these long almost medieval style like trailing sleeve, sleeves, trailing sleeves and I don't know did do the, the hook women do they tie them in a knot and throw them over their mm-hmm. back yep. or have someone come around behind and tie them Tying in a off. knot yep. and so like you can kind of use your arms like it's right. not super tight but there are definitely limitations mm-hmm. put on you by the fact that your sleeves are tied in a knot behind your back yeah and Again, usually they would,
0: like, fold them over their sleeves and then Mm -hmm. tie them so their forearms were free. Mostly free.
1: So, you know, like, if they have to cook or make tea or whatever. Going on the trip to buy the fabric to make the Jilet Curdy is one of the most hysterically fun experiences. Um, My first trip, I think I went with some other teachers. And, you know, of course you run into a student or you know somebody who knows somebody who has a fabric store and you wind your way into the bowels of the bazaar and they take the fabric and they lay it out across the floor and you're like oh it's gonna get dirty Mm -hmm. but you know you gotta lay it out and see what it all looks like and then lay this one over top of it and see what this one looks like paired with that one and if you make your vest out of this and if you line it with that and they want you to get the brightest most sparkly thing possible yep Oh, yeah. yeah, I I actually had
0: four of my female students take me to get mine made, or to pick out fabric, well, and to get it made. And the, the men at the shops were very much like, oh, you gotta go bright, you gotta go sparkly, like, it's gotta be, like, crazy. And my students were like, no, like, that's not what's actually fashionable <laughs> amongst, like, the younger generation, so we want you to be cool like us. Uh, So uh, mine ended up being much more... It's very... It's really dark. I mean, it's sparkly, but it's kind of a more subtle sparkly.
1: There you go. It's more
0: like starlight, less like...
1: Sunshine? Concert. (laughs) Like, my first one, I managed to get them to tone it down a little bit, and I went with a kind of a darker maroon red. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that one. I actually wore that one out. Yeah. My second one... I loved, it was brown, and I had to fight to get them to sell me the brown, because they're like, you're young, you shouldn't wear brown, brown is for the old women, and I was like, I like the brown, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna, like, stick out on the hillside this way, right, um, and then the one I have most recently, um, was actually a gift made for me, um, from one of my students, and it, it is lime green, like... The <laughs> brightest lime green color. Like a pickle. <laughs> like a pickle. I'm a shiny pickle. Um, and I do wear it. But it also actually is wearing out now. Yeah. And I, I have to get one. I gotta one get made. I gotta go. Ugh. I don't know where to go to get one made in in Nashville. I'm sure someone I'm makes sure them. I'm sure somebody makes them, though. Um, so that's the women.
0: The men's outfit is very, very different. Yeah. Um, and obviously we have less experience with mm-hmm. that. But I've been told that it's more comfortable. Oh. I've worn one. It's really? super comfortable. Yeah. So the men have these kind of like <laughs> it was baggings. for a costume. Okay.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> they have these like baggy pants that mm-hmm. are gathered at the
1: ankle mm-hmm. and gathered at the waist. It's just got ties in the inside, so it doesn't have like any elastic or anything. You just you just cinch it as as you can wear it, it, as,
0: tight as, can as, wear it as tight or
1: as loose as you and want. And they have
0: big pockets, and huge right?
1: pockets. Um, and then. Uh, and the top
0: varies more so Mm -hmm. the men's stuff tends to be in like gray or black or tan
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe some dark browns
0: yeah and in in my area like the wealthier you were the more stripes you had Mm -hmm. in your julie Curdy. um and i don't know what that was about yeah but not like pinstripe like big bold stripes yeah um, but that again was kind of like an older generation tradition.
1: And so then they wear kind of like a a plain white shirt,
0: button collared shirt, button yeah. collared
1: shirt, kind of underneath it, and then like either a vest or a jacket that matches the pants, mm-hmm. and then you end up with this wide strip of fabric that's usually some sort of pattern or stripe like or a, mellow a floral. floral. You know that they they wrap around their midsection. It looks so cool. Um, I can't
0: figure out how they do it,
1: and it kind of holds everything together. Yeah, um, with the the shirts tucked in, tucked into it, and the, the back, pants, and
0: the pack, pants.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. the little the little boys though their vest always gets me because the ones that are super traditional have this like fake little set of legs that pop <laughs> off the shoulders because it's supposed to imitate like a goatskin vest thing and so they end up with these weird little points off the shoulders that always made me laugh yeah
0: and and there's some variety in like Mm -hmm. some of the guys have more like a military looking top with like the little loops on the shoulders and pockets on the front yeah um and then some of them are just more like a really deep v jacket almost Mm -hmm. that's tucked Mm -hmm. in and then yeah just like a vest
1: yeah
0: um so I feel like there's some variety in that. And again, that's like generational and mm-hmm. like tribal or like... And more recently, you know,
1: even wearing, both for men and women, wearing camouflage, like like yeah, clothing to true. match the Peshmerga has been really popular as a yeah. kind of a nationalistic I did see statement. a girl
0: who, her Julie Kurdi was all Kurdish flag material. Yes. It was very like surprising in to my yellow. eyes like it hurt my eyes a little bit like mm-hmm. way to go be very nationalistic do what you want but i need sunglasses to look at you <laughs> like it's just real bright um so that's a big part of it the mm-hmm. other big part of narrow's is picnics yeah and not traditional like this is not your
1: american picnic
0: american picnic where you take a blanket and a basket of sandwiches and Lays about out in the grass (laughs) for an hour or two and then go home. No. This is a production. Oh, yeah. Like,
1: party bus, three or four family. All the moms spend, like, the whole day before cooking vats of food Mm -hmm. to take with you on the picnic. And gathering up. Like, you would think, like, if an American family packed this much food you would think they were going to be camping for several days. Right. Right. And it can't, in their defense, it can feel like several days when you (laughs) go on these picnics.
0: Yeah. Because usually you, like, get all packed up and leave, you know, you say you're going to leave at 8, you really leave at 10, and then you drive out into the countryside. It could be an hour. The farthest I think I've gone, we drove five hours out to where we were going to have a picnic.
1: And you have to, like, stop at several places along the way to see if it's the right place. Get out and look around. Find the spot with enough other people in it already Mm -hmm. and a tree. Right, but not too many people. And some water. Some water
0: near the, you know, grassy, mountainous.
1: Something with a good view. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, I have been to picnics that are just like, ah, look, an empty field. We're going to have a picnic here. But those were people who weren't really trying (laughs) the best ones are when like someone has somewhere in mind and you all get on this great big party bus and they drive you out like down these dirt roads where you feel like maybe they're just gonna leave me here and see if I can survive (laughs) but those are always the best places because it's like beautiful and no one else is out there and yeah, you go with those people. Those people who make you
1: suspicious that maybe maybe they're trying to get rid of you. Those are the best picnics. <laughs> you play loud music and wave your handkerchief or your <laughs> Jilly Curdy sleeve out the window. And you stand and dance as you careen around the yes. road at 60 miles an hour. At minimum. Yeah, 60 yeah. minimum. But
0: yeah, it can be like all day. It's not just like, let's go for lunch. It's like, let's go, let's get set up. We're gonna sit around and eat some fruit, chat, build eat a fire. F- build a fire, wander around a little bit. Then maybe we'll have some vegetables. Maybe that's when the biryani comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you lounge and drink some orange soda and water. And then someone puts meat over the fire. Mm-hmm. Then the dolma comes out and you eat that. And it's just like this long, luxurious, but also interspersed with dancing,
1: oh, yeah, I mean, of course, because you bring your whole like stereo system, or you know if maybe you're not quite a big enough party for that, you just play it loudly out of the car, mm-hmm. car
0: stereos, so, yep, yep, um yeah, and everybody dances, and it's it's surprisingly tricky. Really? Uh, okay, so, Bahadini dancing is different than Suli. That's
1: true. That's true. There Sula are more moving is parts. Not difficult for someone who has an inkling of rhythm.
0: Yes, it is very rhythmic and it's very repetitive. Yeah, which is good. Which means that you learn it fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Um, As long as you don't think too hard about it, you'll be fine. Yes. Yeah, that really is the key. Like, you just join the group
1: and you go. You just feel what the people next to you are doing Mm -hmm. and you just follow. You you follow. You gotta throw out your American independence and conform
0: to the group. And you never stand at the beginning and you never stand at the end. Because those people are important and they, like, keep the pace going. Yeah. So you get right in the middle. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And, and if you get too close to one end, you pop out and you pop back in somewhere else. Yeah. And no
0: one no one really cares. It's the thing to do. It is. Um, and they can dance and dance and dance and dance. Hours. Um, Especially are, the, the students. Whew. Yeah. They have a lot of energy. They do. Um, but it's everything from the, like, forwards, backwards... Thing Mm -hmm. that is popular in Suli. Do they do the pinky holding? They don't. They do the whole hand, whole hand, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, like
1: smushed in. That's the best way to learn.
0: Yeah, because like
1: your whole body is moving in. And you get the people who have. I had never learned how to have rhythm with my shoulders.
0: Rhythm, yeah. And
1: now I've learned how to have rhythm with my shoulders. Yes. Yeah see that's the hook is different they do pinkies the pinkies it's a and so harder.
0: the pinkies are like going kind of like up and down at a slightly different rhythm than the feet are going yeah and you're not like jammed in together so you can't just be carried along like you yeah. could trip and mess everyone up
1: yeah
0: um it's a little easier in zoolie i will say that I, I do prefer the de hook version because i don't feel as claustrophobic yeah. <laughs> I feel a lot more like okay I can like look around me and like <laughs> I'm not breathing in the air that someone else just breathed out like that's that's I'm a fan of that yeah,
1: yeah. but I,
0: I, I do like the squished in stuff when I know people well I appreciate it more cause it's like yeah we're here and we're dancing it's all we're gonna do for the next four hours <laughs> Um but dancing's not the only thing. I mean, it's definitely eating and dancing are the primary things. Yes. Eat, dance, eat, dance, eat, dance. Yes. Probably the biggest thing that nowadays is known for is fire jumping.
1: Yeah, which I actually have never
0: seen anyone do.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't common like it wasn't common when we went out on picnics with our students or things like that because most of the parents are like like or the teachers are like we don't want to get into trouble with that sort of thing. Right. Like it's traditional, but people do that in the villages with their families. Like right. we don't really do that. Right. If you're gonna fall into a
0: fire do it with your mom right there.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um but and I know like sometimes they would put fires up on top of tall things and mm-hmm. I think that was so that people wouldn't we jump, over, jump them. over them. Oh smart. Um but yeah, uh one of the main now Rose events that we would go to would be they'd close off the whole main street the night before Narrow's and wander up and down it and sometimes there they had fires big fires that people mm-hmm. were jumping over and it seems a little terrifying to me yeah but it's like totally normal like it's part of what they do right even smaller children and then sometimes they catch on fire <laughs> <laughs> well
0: the less dangerous event that i i saw much more often uh is kites hmm. fly kites um, again not necessarily super common um but i've definitely been on several picnics where the kids have kites and then you know the dads help them get the kites in the air and then the dads kind of fly the kites uh-huh well the kids run around and play soccer or whatever <laughs> so it's like the man's gateway to kite flying is <laughs> through their children. Through their children. Excellent. Um, and that's kind of fun. Like to me, I was always like, "Look at the cute Kurdish men flying kites. It's so cute." <laughs> I mean, I never said that because no, of course not. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. Um, but I did go and ask, like, "Hey, can I fly a kite?" And They were like, "No." This what? is not not for it's not, not for, for women. You. They didn't say women. They just said it was not for me. So I don't know if they didn't trust me as an American to know how to fly a kite. That's true. Which is entirely possible. Yeah. Or if they were just like, no, this is a man thing. Like, yeah.
1: Or I'm having too much fun. I don't want to give it up. Yeah.
0: There was also some, like, mild hiking that mm-hmm. usually happened. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, you're out in the countryside or in the mountains. Yeah. And you want to go kind of explore um, which always impressed me because the women would always wear high heel shoes. Yeah, and they can hike and in then them. hike. And I was always like, how do
1: you not die? But they're or like, like These break an are ankle. just the shoes we always wear. Unless yeah. we're barefoot. Like, we're just going to hike in the shoes we have. Um, yeah. Like,
0: I, I wore sandals. <laughs> I usually like wore my chacos. Yeah, chacos. <laughs> every single time because I was like, I know I'm going to be scrambling around. And i I don't want to hate myself. For
1: it. Yeah, I don't really want to break my ankle while out on a picnic. Yeah.
0: And they were always like, "Why are you wearing those shoes? Those are ugly shoes. Like where, you're where, supposed where to wear sparkly shoes?" No, thanks. Mm-hmm. And again, I think some of the younger women would bring like a change of clothes mm-hmm. and change into like pants and a a t-shirt and and a jacket and hike in that. And yeah. then come back and change back into their Jilly Back into Kirti the Jilly Curdy. For the dancing and the eating. But because this is something that everyone does, it means... And it's usually all on the same day. Like, the official day of Now Rose is
1: March... The 21st of March. 21st, that's right. Um, it's 21 points on the star of the kurdish flag because of now rose oh really
0: mm-hmm. i've heard lots of explanations for that but never the now rose one really
1: i yeah. think that's the only one i've ever heard
0: hmm. um but because it's a, it's a <laughs> national public government holiday everybody gets the day off i oh, most people get like the whole week off or like three weeks off <laughs> or three weeks off um but especially on now rose day yeah. everyone is leaving the city and going picnicking.
1: And I will say the other bonus to that is that March is the most beautiful month in Kurdistan. Yes. It is no longer cold and wet and rainy and mm. miserable and it's not the miserable hot of the summer. It like March and usually like into April a little bit maybe depending on the year, it it looks like something out of an Irish calendar. Yeah. Yeah. It's green and lush and stunning. I I feel like whenever I show people pictures from
0: like Narrows picnics, they're like, this isn't Iraq? Like, this is Kurdistan? It looks like Ireland or the highlands of Scotland or something. And I'm like, no, Mm. it's Iraq. I mean, it's for like six weeks, but it looks like this. It is beautiful.
1: But it's beautiful for those six weeks.
0: Um, And so everyone wants to get out into it. Mm-hmm. And usually the outgoing is not so bad. Except in Hook the night before Rose. everyone wants to go out to this one particular mountain that looks down over to Hook Duh- to watch the fireworks get set off. Hmm. And we, my Hook team and I, only attempted it one year. And it was a terrible experience. We sat in traffic for probably at least four hours trying to get up the side of this mountain oh gosh and a van full of let's see there were like seven adults and three kids crammed into this van we (laughs) did have air conditioning there you go um not all vans have air conditioning yeah but we got to the up to the top of the mountain and like had almost burned the transmission out of the van because stick shift up and up a mountain road is not good and we were just all so grumpy and so fed up with each other and like fed up with <laughs> it was one of those moments Traffic. where you hate everything uh and yeah so it was like why do all these people have to come up on this mountain you can't see anything anyway <laughs> and so we just like turned around and went back down we didn't even stay for the fireworks we were like we're just gonna go home and and have and a be fire, done have a fire on our roof and cook hot dogs and be done
1: yeah american picnic style yeah
0: which we did and we were all much happier
1: yeah yeah you're right we didn't usually have too much trouble getting out of the city for picnics and that time, you, I guess you managed to miss the return traffic yes. jam rush. Right, because we left right Because you left right away. Um, but that was one of the things I always remembered was coming back after a picnic, you know. And the road, which is normally, you know, a two-lane road, one lane going each direction, would be like four lanes of people going all the same direction mm-hmm. into the city. And yet it's still like stop and go traffic Mm -hmm. and you just wait and you just one of my favorite uh, I don't know favorite is the right word one of my most distinct memories was one of the times we were up on this one mountain and I remember thinking oh it's starting to get dark we're probably going to leave soon and we were near this road and like before we talked anything about leaving and I realized later that there was no plan for leaving in a short time like we were we were it was planned to be there till like midnight mm-hmm. um but like all of a sudden the road near us that goes into the city that we would have to take to get back into the city was full of cars yeah like both lanes full of cars and you just we just sat there and like you could watch the row of taillights wind down the mountainside Yikes. and like for hours like if we had left then it would have take us an hour to go what would normally have taken us 10 minutes. So how long were you there? We were there till almost midnight. Good gravy. It was... I mean, it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, yeah. You weren't sitting in traffic. We weren't sitting in traffic. We were mostly sitting and drinking tea. Nice. Which is super is important. Is the
0: most important thing. We did leave that out. That's true. Tea drinking is very important. And I will say, Kurdish Tea cooked over an open fire after like a really long day of being outside especially if it's a little cold Mm -hmm. that's like the best thing i've ever had in my life it's amazing unqualified Unqualified. that's that's the best thing i've had in my life (laughs) um i remember once in particular it was really kind of rainy and me and a couple other teachers have been working on making tea and everyone else was like we're ready to leave and they all got in the bus And the four or five of us sat out there until our tea was done. And we drank our tea slowly. I think we actually maybe even made, like, a second pot of tea. (laughs) And, like, everyone else, there were, like, 20 people waiting for us in the bus. And we were just like, no, we're going to have our tea. (laughs) And it was the most Kurdish I think I almost ever felt. Because I was just, like, sitting out here on this mountainside. Everyone around me is speaking Kurdish, and I'm drinking my tea, and I'm inconveniencing a
1: bunch of people, and I don't even care. I'm having a good time. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like, you talk about how that feels so Kurdish. Like, I've been to the Kurdish celebrations here in Nashville, because there right. are so many Kurds here. They have a Kurdish celebration here. Which is, it's huge. It's massive. Uh, yeah. Down in the park. It's a Sunday before or after. Mm-hmm. Naros, and depending on the weather, it mm-hmm. can get pushed changed at the last minute but like I remember one of the years I was sitting there with some of my friends Kurdish friends and like I closed my eyes for a moment and I felt like I was back in Kurdistan Mm -hmm. because the smell of the chai tea you know and the fire Mm -hmm. and the meat roasting over the fire and the sound of all the Kurdish voices and the Kurdish music in the background I was like oh my gosh if I couldn't if I can't see the trees. Right, which, which looks, is the big giveaway. Our big giveaway in <laughs> Nashville. Like, I would totally, no, I would totally be back in Kurdistan yeah. at this moment. Yeah.
0: I think that picnic is probably the biggest Kurdish picnic I've ever been to. Yeah? Like, it was it was impressively huge. There are and thousands like
1: of people that come every year. We
0: only saw, saw like, a small fraction of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, to give you, dear listener, an idea of how big a deal this is, the mayor and the congressman for our district showed up and gave speeches at this picnic. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. There are a lot... I mean, that's thousands and thousands of voters Mm -hmm. sitting in this field, and they're just happy that you're there to acknowledge them as Kurds and, like, join in this with them. And I was like, this is such, like, such a mix of, like, Kurdish hospitality and Kurdish political, like, (laughs) know-how. I was just like, oh, the Kurds. The Kurds are so smart. And so, like, genuinely hospitable. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not purely, like, a political, like... No. We're gonna get together and change the world for Kurds to make it better. It's also, like, this is part of our culture, and we want you to be part of it, and we're so glad that you, weird white American woman, dressed in Julie
1: Curdy, are here with us. And they can get really excited about... Westerners dressing in their traditional clothing. Like, to them, it's a huge honor that you would do that. Like, even in Kurdistan, I remember one time, again, on Solemn Street walking up and down the street with all the Kurds and like people like would bring their child to me and ask if I would take a picture with their child like you Mm -hmm. know I'm like the Easter bunny (laughs) or something and there was one place where me and some of my teammates stood for over 45 minutes as people rotated out to get their picture taken with the Americans Mm -hmm. wearing the Kurdish clothes Um, but here I think it's actually been almost more fun um, because I, I went to the grocery store once before I was visiting and going to the Now Rose party in in Jilly Curdy and had several people stop me and comment and ask questions and Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. It's an adventure. It is. It's a chance to release your inner Barbie. That's what, what yes. I was always told. Like, you gotta let go of your American inhibitions and and your adultness mm-hmm. and just and just go for it. Go for it. Go for the sparkles. Go go for the sparkles. It's true.
0: I think the sparkliest jewellery I own, I wear with my Julie Curdy. Oh, yeah. For
1: sure. hmm
0: And like the sparkliest makeup I wear,
1: makeup I wear mm-hmm. is all specifically what I wear with Julie Curdy. Yeah.
0: Uh we hope that you have a wonderful Now Rose. If you can find some curds somewhere near you, tell them happy now Rose and they will like invite you to their house and you will have tea and cookies and they'll probably make you dolma and it will be amazing and they'll just be so grateful that you know about their holiday yeah um and if you don't have any curds come to nashville sometime around the 21st there will be a giant picnic who's (laughs) who it's usually in the same place but sometimes it's not always on the same day yeah
1: it changes Um,
0: but yeah if you ever get the chance Go on a picnic with a curd, and you will have a life-changing experience. (laughs) Yes. For sure.
1: You can find us at Servant Group International on Facebook or Instagram, or on our website at servantgroup.org.
0: Yeah, and if you have a question that we haven't answered yet, send us an email or Facebook message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. What is it? The beacon of Minas Tirith has been lit. Gondor calls for aid.